0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is
1: Believe. Another episode of Unfiltered coming your way, episode 90. Six as we can jump on board the unfriendly revolution as always. And Twitter at Casey Stern. Jump in the bio, get the YouTube channel, and for most of you are listening, Apple, Spotify, and everywhere you get your podcast. Let me know. Let you know before we get started. As always, we're presented by our good friends at Bet Online Football Back remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. Latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. If they need source for all your wagering info, live betting, free contests, live scores, giveaways all season long. It's always the fastest and easiest way. Bet all your favorite sports and events, MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, even golf. Head over to BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag. Get your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V receive your rewards, bet online where the game starts. And we get started welcoming in here and uh, happy to have him. My friend, former teammate, of course, uh, former GM. You can get him at Steve Phillips, GM on Twitter. Also the leadoff spot on MLB Network Radio, insider at TSN. MLB Network, which means he doesn't sleep. Hello, Steve. How are you, sir? Uh,
0: Case, doing great, buddy. Good to be with you. How are you doing? You,
1: you too, man. I, I'm I'm recovering from the weekend, as you know, was a struggle for me because uh, the, those three games were like uh, they were torturous. I, I, I want to start here. The Braves won a World Series last year. Alex makes moves that just seem to kind of work. Um the, the job they've done getting these team-friendly deals, some of which we don't really understand, but regardless, they've gotten them done. Can you do a better job than Alex Anthopoulos has done with these first five division titles in a World Series already in the books?
0: No, you really can't. I mean, I, and, and quite honestly, it's it's not just the contracts that he signed, the free agents that he signed, the bullpen that he built, the trade deadline deals that he's made. It's the player development system. Now, Look, John Capolella, who who was, you know, unceremoniously dismissed, created a tremendous feeder farm system for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, and, you know, and I know he's been banned for life from baseball, and for, whether that's right or wrong, somebody else can decide that. But he did a really good job building a farm system. And those young kids in the development process, they come to the big leagues, and they're immediately ready to impact the game. You think about what Kyle Wright did. You think about with, with Michael Harris and what he's been able to do, and Vaughn Grissom. Those guys step in, and they're not just – like contributing, they're like major contributors to the core of the team. And so, you know, to lose Freddie Freeman, to replace him with Matt Olson, to get a better contract than the one they might've gotten with Freeman, uh, to be able to have the system, be able to make a deal like that, to then have more impact prospects, Alex is doing an amazing job. And quite honestly, it's, it's the best run organization of baseball right now.
1: It's amazing. And it used to be that when they had, you know, obviously guys you had to go against with John Schultz and Bobby Cox. It's amazing how they've kind of done this again now with what Alex and Snit have built. Is this a better team, Steve, than it was last year that won the World Series?
0: I think you can make the case of that. Yeah, I think you can. I think, you know, now their bullpen was really good in the playoffs last year. And we'll see if this one can be as good. You know, Kenley Jansen has bobbled a bit, but he does have 41 saves. So, I mean, everybody wishes they had that problem, uh, but they've got other options. I mean, McHugh's been great. Minter's been great. They've got Lee. Iglesias, Iglesias
1: has been amazing. Yeah,
0: Iglesias. What a deal that was uh, in bringing him in. So they've been, they've been really good. Uh, you think about the left side of the infield and what they get from Dansby Swanson and Austin Riley. Uh, and then they did this without Ozzy Albies for most, you know, a good part of the year with the injuries he had. Uh, but, Yeah, the pitching's been good. They, I mean, the run that they went on from June 1st, uh, you know, 720 winning percentage. They're on the pace to win 114 games is how they were playing since then. The fact that the Mets played 20 games over 500 and lost 10 and a half games. I mean, there's no shame on the Mets' part. It feels bad. Uh, And in New York, they're killing the Mets. They're killing Billy Epler. And I'm like, wait, they've won 100 games. Like, what what are we killing them for? Uh, And yet, you know, there's this criticism out there it's an amazing story what they've done in Atlanta, and, and in many regards, it's taken a 100-win team in New York and made the fan base feel badly about them.
1: Yeah, I've said this uh, for the last couple of weeks. You want to say the Mets choked away opportunities earlier in the month? They did. Did they choke? No. The Braves took it. I mean, it's that simple. That three-game series, the Braves looked better in every facet of the game. They played better than the Mets did, and they took it from them. My question to you on where the Mets stand is, Can't do you get the feeling and since they can regroup and have a big run here. And my, my second part of that, Steve is I've been saying this now before that series, where it played out to be an issue without Starling Marte healthy, the Mets can't win the world series. I've been saying that now for it was before that, but I thought the three game series, that was really the most glaring. as much as Jake didn't pitch well, Max didn't pitch. Well, it was so glaring how missing Marte was. What, what are the prospects for the Mets here? And can they do this? If Marte's not back in the fold somewhere soon here?
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be really tough. I I thought to myself that whichever team ended up the division winner versus the wild card had a chance to go to and win the World Series. The team that's the wild card, I don't I don't know that anybody has ever won a World Series going through a hundred win Dodgers team, what would likely be a hundred win Braves team, and it would likely be a hundred win Astros or Yankees team. it I mean that's like that's on and, and here's the thing: the Mets have a hundred wins, and so. Uh maybe it can happen, but I think it's a really tough journey right now for the Mets. Uh to, to because the wild what the wild card round does is it messes up your pitching for the division series and, and puts you right behind the eight ball because you're going with you know four and five to start the series in your rotation instead of your horses.
1: Marte obviously we'll see whether or not he comes back. You figure Jake and Max, you know, who knows what. When you look back at your team, because to me, and I, I, I've never even, I don't think I've ever asked you this all years I've known you, how you valued the two teams. To me, 99 was a better team than 2000. I always felt that way in terms of the way it was kind of built and looked, even though it didn't go as far. And, you know, Kenny Rogers, I, I lost to television and had some nightmares over that. How do you kind of look at this team comparatively to those two teams as far as how how they set up for a postseason run, Steve?
0: Well, I mean, I think that that uh, the starting pitch, I mean, DeGrom and, and Scherzer, are certainly better than than any two starters I had. Now, listen, L Leiter and and Mike Hampton were fantastic. Uh, You know, my 99 team, I think the difference was the difference between Olerud and Zeal. Zeal was good. Olerud was a left-handed bat that could separate these guys, a great offensive player, uh, and, you know, had much of the same pitching, although Hampton was a a difference maker for us. Uh, And, you know, Derek Bell – you know, was hit and miss in the outfield overall, but, you know, I think we were, we were a good team both years. I would agree. We were a better team in, in 99. Uh, You know, we had the injury to Donas and, and everything else with, with what we did at shortstop in in 2000. And so, yeah, it's uh, you know, but I, but I look at this Mets team right now, their big challenge is going to be, you know, scoring enough. Do they have enough power to be able to win in a playoff series? Now, look, O'Neill homered the other day in Nimo can homer, but but you've got Pete Alonso who's really your threat. And somehow, some way, if the Mets are going to make a run in the playoffs, Lindor needs to be a superstar, not a cleanup, you know, cleaning up the scraps. He's got to be the center of the offensive production, uh, and he, he's not quite there right now, swinging the bat. And Marte is a critical factor too. He Marte is a growing ass man, like like he is. He's a defender, he's got a great arm, he can get on base, he can hit a home run, and it felt like during the season, when the Mets had you know, sort of let up a little bit, he had so many big moments where it felt like this is a winning team because this guy is going to let them win. He's gotten so many big hits and make them win, so they need him back, and it was a big loss for them when it happened. I love Nimmo, I do. I think he's a great on-base guy. Uh, Escobar's, uh, you know, is a little hit and miss, but but when he's on, he's he's hot. So they've got the, they Mets can do it. Uh, they've got probably you know less margin for error right now than some of the other teams, but the Mets can certainly make a run.
1: Yeah, I, look, it's going to come down to those top two guys got to be brilliant and the best two pitchers in October in the league, and if they are, they'll have a chance. I mean, it's it's that simple. I, I got to ask you about the Dodgers here before I move to the American League. And I've talked to you about this before. We've seen the layoffs really hurt teams. Now, I know how great the Dodger team is, but they kind of have a suspect mix and match eighth and ninth inning situation where Doc's going to go with that. And they play with a lot of numbers. They've dealt with a lot of injuries. You can make an argument, Steve, the last big game that they will have played before their game, one of a DS will be the trumpet series against the Mets, which was really more important for the Mets anyway. It wasn't even a big series for the Dodgers. Does that play in at all? Can momentum Padres or Mets going in, regardless of on the road or not, haven't played a series, feeling Game 7 mentality against a Dodger team that hasn't played a big game in two months. Can that be a factor early in that series?
0: Oh, I think it can. I I don't feel good about the Dodgers at all. They're likely going to go with four left-handed starters. I know Gonsolin pitched the other day, but I don't know what – I mean, he didn't look sharp, uh, and so I don't know what he's going to be. Dustin May, I don't know what he's going to be. So they may go with four left-handed starters, which I don't like for them. The idea of giving comfortable at bats to right-handed hitters and being able to get the the, the look for for all of that. No, look, like Urias and Kershaw are both really good. You know, Heaney and Anderson are shocks to me with what they've done this year. Uh, but uh, I don't like their bullpen. You know, in a short series, my fear is that the end of the game, uh, if 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 I'm a, a lesser team, if I steal one game from your closer then I've got a chance to win the series in a short series. And I think the Dodgers are really vulnerable there. Me too. I think Me there's too. a chance. Yeah, they're vulnerable at the front too. a little bit with three and four in the rotation. They're vulnerable at the back end uh, of the bullpen. Uh, and now they're going to have to outslug uh, their their weaknesses. And they can. Oh, by the way, how about a run differential of oh, 330? Sh- Steve. They they In their wins, they outscore their opponents by three runs. With run differential. It's I mean, double that's the,
1: the Mets run differential, just to give you an idea. The 101 team. It's like Aaron team.
0: Judge. Aaron Judge hit 62 home runs. Giancarlo Stanton hit 31. That's like, right. Th- like, that puts it in perspective. Correct. And I think the same thing when you look at the run differential and what the Dodgers have done, it's unheard of no, it's what they've crazy. done. It's and So maybe they can overcome their weaknesses.
1: Yeah, I- I'm with you, though. I think they're vulnerable. I said when I thought the Mets were going to win the division – which go back a couple weeks ago, I said the Braves will beat the Dodgers in five games. I mean, I felt because I just, I, I, I hate the feeling of not having played a big game in that long, a period of time. And then you're at home and all of a sudden, yeah, you, you wake up in game two, but you're down 0-1 to your point, right? And then maybe Max or Jake or whoever it is, right? Turns around a Darvish and, and can pitch again. We'll see what happens. American league, I'm I'm and I know you you follow them a lot. I've said this to you before. I'm big on the Jays. I mean, I I really think they've got potential with all the things that the high end with the top level of Manoa, Gosman Romano at the back end, the bats in the middle Springer's experience, and they're on the wrong side of the bracket. They're going to, they're going to have to deal with Houston. And that's almost like, wow, you know, I'd pick them against the Yankees. If they were in a series, I would, I know they're four and two against Houston this year. We know that doesn't matter that much. Does it mean anything? What about Toronto? and I'm not trying to look past Seattle, but I think they're gonna beat the Mariners. what What about the Jays chances to to give the Astros trouble in five games, Steve?
0: Well, I think it's I think it's it's, you know, they have less margin for error. they They have to play closer to perfect than the Astros do to to win. There's more talent on the Astros., uh, the starting pitching is deeper with the Astros. Uh, you know, their back end, you know, Presley's been really good, but I don't think he's invincible. I think he can get one there. Romano's been really good, uh, and Yemi Garcia's been good, and Simber can give you a situational right-hander. They don't have a great left-handed reliever. Mazes is okay, uh, but I think I – think that i I'm with you. But I think Seattle and, and Toronto are very similar teams. Up-and-coming young guys. Julio Rodriguez is to Seattle what Vladimir Guerrero is to Toronto a year removed. Uh, you know mitch hanniger is to seattle what George Springer is to to them Springer's got the postseason resume you know you've got Luis Castillo you've got Manoa you've got uh uh you know you got Logan Gilbert and either Stripling or Barrios you got Gosman and and uh you know you look at the rotation there and so you know and Robbie Ray and so I think that that Toronto can make a run. I think Seattle can make a run. Uh and I think the Yankees with Severino Pitching like he did the other day with with Nestor Cortez and Cole, and I know people are down on Cole right now, but the American League, the Astros are head and shoulders better than everybody else. But I do believe the Yankees, the Mariners, and and the Blue Jays all have a chance to come out of the American League.
1: All right, now let's get to the other series because I look the Guardians. It's hard to not kind of back pat them, and you almost feel disingenuous doing it because you want to like congratulate all the great things they've done, and then you know a butt is coming right. Uh, the Rays to me, it's not Twins-Yankees, Steve, but outside of the Donaldson walk-off at the end of that series this year, which would have cut the lead to two and a half, the Rays in the playoffs with Brasso Chapman two years ago, three years ago, every situation that's mattered, they're not afraid of the Yankees at all. doesn't matter who's in there. Is it fair to say if I'm a Yankee fan, I'm rooting for the Guardians and I want nothing to do with Tampa at all?
0: Yeah, I think probably so. Yeah, I think the sense of familiarity and the – the idea that Tampa Bay is not intimidated uh, is, is a part of it. Because part of, you know, so for instance, the the, the Athletic just did this, this player poll on most intimidating stadiums. Yankee Stadium was the most intimidating to players because of the history and the fans are mean. You know, and it's like, and there is that energy that takes place there. Um, so, yeah, I think I'd rather play the Guardians. Now, I don't, I don't really fear Tampa. Uh, I think the Yankees are better. Uh, but... The Guardians, be careful what you wish for. I mean, Bieber and Tristan McKenzie. That's right. Make and, a and, deal. And, and, and here's Class the thing: a in the then back end. end, you put the first two. The first two would be at Yankee Stadium, so it would be you know Bieber and Tristan McKenzie. And, some, and then you look at Quantrill's not lost at Progressive Field in his career. He's thirteen and zero. He's never lost a game there, and so he would be back pitching in Game Three. And so, you know, I, I, the Yankees are certainly you know better than both of those teams. But, uh, you know, don't, don't count out the Guardians either because they can outpitch you. They can out-slug you. And so they're going to have to manufacture. If you make a mistake, they'll take advantage of it. If you just play solid defensively, you throw strikes, don't put extra runners on, you can beat Cleveland. It's when you give them the chance to run the bases and stir things up a bit is where you put yourself in jeopardy.
1: Let me get two more quick ones for you to let you run. Number one on the Yankees is a team. Fair to say is Stanton, we know Judge is going to be Judge. I'm probably going to be more relaxed now, right? You would figure, ironically. Um, Stanton, the guy that you key in on in that lineup, I mean, they have not given him enough support in terms of Judge. He's had to carry it a long time. But lately, let's be fair, over the last month, even though Judge hadn't homered, a lot of other guys were starting to hit homers is it fair or unfair to really spotlight Stanton and say, Hey, look, he got to be healthy enough. Got to be locked in enough. He's got to be that tag team partner for judge. Otherwise the Yankees can't do damage in October.
0: Yeah. I think that, that, you know, he's their ability to overcome their bullpen right now. Cause I've got mm. some questions about their bullpen. Me too. They, me too. they need, <coughs> excuse me, they need margin for error when they hand the ball to the bullpen because they're all hurt. I mean, Holmes and Marinaccio and Britain's not right. And Chapman's a mess. And so, uh, they they need runs, and so and they need crooked numbers. And so, yeah, I think Stanton is that guy. Now, Rizzo can certainly run into one, but Rizzo's more likely to get hit by a pitch crowding the plate in the playoffs than necessarily <laughs> hitting one out. Stanton's got to be a guy, right? If I'm going to pitch around Judge, Stanton has to be a guy that drives it and hurts the opposition. Because if not, then they're just going to keep working around Judge and keep going at Stanton. And Stanton's got holes, uh, but he's, he can't miss a mistake. He doesn't have to hit the pitcher's pitch, but when he gets a pitch, he can't miss it. And if he does, that's the difference for the Yankees to overcome. What's going to, I think, be a significant weakness in that bullpen going into the postseason.
1: Last one for me, Aaron judge and mate, look, he and Pujols both. These, these runs were amazing. They were fat. This was, this was as good an end to a regular season. Let's be fair. Second half of this year, as we've had, an, I don't know how long, right. With the races that we got in the teams and having pools and judge, but, with all due respect to Roger Maris Jr., look, when it's your dad, I, I kind of get it. I understand it's given people a lot of fatigue, but the idea that this has become a conversation at all—it it, does this bother you that we're still discussing this, that we still haven't accepted that, regardless to what Barry Bonds did or didn't do, Steve, that he's just the guy in the record books, and everybody get the hell over it because it's—it's so, it, it's kind of annoying, no?
0: Yeah. So, so here's the thing: he is the guy in the record books, uh, and and you know, so literally. He is the single season home run leader, right? But I can understand how people might look at it differently. That that the reality is that if you're looking at the numbers and you want to put it in perspective, the three guys who have hit over 62 all use PEDs and all cheated, that's uh, true. and that's the reality. Is yes. that that yes, they're in the record books. There's no asterisks there. So as the announcers all call it. We have a new single-season home run record for the American League. That being said, I look at Judge as being the single-season home run leader. That's my view of it because I discount the other three guys. I disqualify them. Barry Bonds never hit more than 49 home runs other than the 73 he hit when he cheated. Now, yes, other players cheated. Pitchers cheated. What do we do with all the numbers and everything else? But by looking at the numbers from that era and being a GM in that era, home runs went up more than ERAs went down. Uh, And so, yes, pitchers did it, but it helped hitters more. Uh, And I don't know how to quantify the impact on the three guys, Bonds, McGuire, and Sosa. What I do know is that it it helped them significantly, and therefore I look at Judge as the single-season home run leader for all of baseball. That being said, it's not what the record book says, and that's what we live with.
1: Have you given out your World Series pick yet in your predictions? Because I wanted to. I, I, am I stealing yeah, so, it so, first if I, I ask you?
0: Yeah, no, no problem at all. No, I, I. So I would have gone with whomever won the National League East, representing the National League, and the Astros. So now it's going to be the Braves and Astros. It would have been Mets if the Mets won the division, but now it's going to be the Braves. So I've got Braves Braves and Astros in the World Series.
1: Okay. I hey look, I can't I can't blame you. Braves look better than they did last year. That team that just played this weekend without Spencer Strider, who by the way makes him way better, he's back in the fold. Dangerous. Steve, appreciate you. Thanks for the time, man. You got a case anytime. All right. That's Steve Phillips. We appreciate you being on board on Remember to keep in touch with the unfiltered revolution at Casey Stern and follow all of the podcasts and videos on the YouTube channel and get us an Apple Spotify everywhere. You get your podcasts.
0: Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.